whether you are fit, were fit, or getting fit, it's time for Too Fit. Welcome to the Too Fit Podcast, wellness for normal people, with your hosts, Brandon Walker and Sarah Hollyhead. Thank you, Jim. You interrupted our exercises, though. Sarah and I were in the midst of practicing our uh, exercises to make our mouths work better, to speak better. You were. Well, you were laughing at me, so that, I mean, you were sort of doing them. Scared face, sour face. Scared face, sour face. Can you tell the difference in the way I talk when I do that? Scared face, sour fruit. <laughs> it may look different. I Maybe, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. What are, we, uh, what are we drinking tonight? What do we have? What should we be drinking is a toast to the St. Louis Cardinals in a, a drink of mourning for the Texas Rangers. Oh, I thought you were going to say for our video that's up on the, I don't think we've, did we talk about it last time? Yeah, we did. Oh yeah, we talked about the video last time. That's right. What are we literally, what are we drinking right now? Who is our sponsor tonight that's not paying us? Tonight is not Gatorade. (laughs) We we kicked Gatorade, we fired Gatorade as our sponsor. They never responded, they never called us. I mean, they sent us the first million and then from there on out, it was just like silence. Come on. It's awaken. It's aloe and wheatgrass. Uh, how do you spell this? A L O with an accent. If you're interested in finding out about this tasty beverage, you can go to. This is a free plug, by the way. Allodrink.com. A L O D R I N K.com. Product of Taiwan. So, if you're interested in buying American, then don't buy this. But it is uh, spring water, aloe vera pulp, aloe vera juice, wheatgrass concentrate, cane sugar, citric acid, and vitamin C. That's not bad. How many how many ingredients is that total? One, two, three, four, five. Six. Okay, good. Isn't it like if it's over seven ingredients, that's too much? And we can pronounce all of them. So. And you know what they all are. Mm-hmm. But it does have the... What I like about it has little bits of aloe in it, which is yeah, interesting. It's a little bit disconcerting the first time you drink it because you think there's something wrong with it because it has little pieces of fruit in it. And it, I, I don't know. I guess I've never eaten an aloe plant. I don't think most people really do, but it has little pieces. And it's it, the consistency is kind of like pineapple, little p- tiny pieces of pineapple maybe. I think it's good. And wheatgrass is good for you. And aloe is good for you. So between the two of those things... Uh, let's see, vitamin C, it's got about 45%. That's not bad. Well, two, eh, I don't know. Sugar does have. It does have some sugar, 15 grams. Okay, so anyway, enough about our drink. So in moderation. Yeah. <laughs> as in everything. And I promise that it is definitely better for me than Gatorade, although I love my limon, pepino, lime, cucumber Gatorade that I've been drinking on the reg, as they say, as the kids say, uh, for the last month. Actually, since we started the podcast, there's actually, I think there's a picture of me on Facebook drinking the limo. So I'm switching over to this for tonight, at least. How are you, sir? I'm good. You worked out today and I did not. Well, I did my cardio. I didn't do the second part, which I feel guilty about, which actually does kind of, you know, segue into our, uh, our discussion for this evening. What's our? What are we talking about tonight? Overtraining. So. What does over? Do, okay, let me ask you this: Do you think the problem with most people is overtraining or undertraining? Well, generally, 
undertraining, but I what, think what, what happens. What does that mean? Well, I think what happens is people get on there. It's first of the year. It's New Year's. Okay, had a, a, a little bit too much on New Year's night or New Year's Eve. So and you can't you, fit into your dress or your <laughs> jeans. <laughs> you wake up next day. Okay, I'm gonna start my workout. I'm gonna get serious about it. We've all seen how crowded the gym gets the first of the year. Mm-hmm. So everybody gets all gung-ho about it. And in doing that, sometimes they can overtrain. Well, I thought you said the problem was undertraining. Well, generally it is, but... Oh, but specifically at certain times of the year, people overtrain. So undertraining would be you go to the gym and you just stand around or you get on a bike and you don't know what you're doing. And so you're not really training. You're just kind of flopping around. And we've talked about this before, why you need a trainer or why you need to at least consult with a trainer the first time you get in the gym. Or people plateau, right? So they they will train and they'll do the same thing over and over and over again. And it gets, it it used to be hard to do and then it gets easy and Mm -hmm. then they keep doing it. And then they wonder why they're not getting better. And they're actually under training in that, that regard. They need to be pushing themselves a little harder. They need to be diversifying their exercise a little bit. Um, but tonight we're not going to talk about undertraining because undertraining means, well, I think we've discussed that and not, we haven't addressed it, put that name to it under training, but that's pretty much what we've been talking about this whole, a lot of times we've brought up, if you go in the gym, don't just watch TV or would text you say, or... This sounds like a blanket statement, but would you say that if you are exercising on a regular basis and you're not making any progress that you are probably undertraining or overtraining? Like, it could be one of those two, right? Right. So chances are that's what the problem is. Okay. So tonight we're going to talk about overtraining because... This one seems, this is obviously the most, the more detrimental of the two. Mm-hmm. What, uh, how would you know if you're overtraining? I came up with a list here of uh, some things that will, that you may notice. If, if these are, uh, well, th- these symptoms can be symptoms of a lot of things, but these are the, the signs of overtraining. Um, fatigue, meaning if you're tired all the time, even though you're, you're, you're exercising, working out, and you're continuously tired, Blood sugar imbalances. I'm not really sure how you know that you have a blood sugar imbalance unless you are diabetic and are monitoring that, but uh, maybe you know. Well, I think you can tell but sometimes by the way you feel. You just feel um, not just tired, but you feel... For me, I know one of the ways I can tell when I'm overtraining is that something that didn't used to take that much effort now all of a sudden it takes a lot of effort. <laughs> something in the, in the so, workout takes more effort? Right, something in the workout. I mean, obviously I'm a little bit tired the rest of the day. I feel tired, a little sore, things like that. But then when I go to try to do something that I've done in the past, that was maybe a little bit difficult, but not too bad, manageable. Now all of a sudden it's it's extremely difficult. A warm-up is difficult. Mm-hmm. And so I can tell, and I used to monitor my heart rate every time I would do any kind of, well, anything, whether I was on doing cardio, or whether I was doing weights, I would, I always had my heart rate monitor on. And so I could tell at times when I was overtraining that when I would get on the Stairmaster to do my warm up, my heart rate was just really high mm-hmm. for that type of a level of exercise. When I'm I know that normally I could go 45 minutes and at three or four times that level and 
be fine. So that was one of the ways that I could tell. And that, that's not necessarily to do with low blood sugar, but just one of the ways that you can sure. kind of that, that fits in um, elevated heart rate, mm-hmm. especially upon waking. Like when you wake up, if you wake up and your heart is racing, that may be a sign that you're overtraining. Um, anxiety, dizziness, depression, and insomnia are all signs of overtraining. Now, granted, just because those things are going on in your life doesn't necessarily mean you're overtraining. You could have other problems. But those are the signs of overtraining. So if you are um, in the gym on a, on a regular basis and you're working really, really hard and you feel like you may be working too hard and you also have some of these signs, then you may be overtraining. You're, you're pushing it too far. And that's really the what overtraining breaks down to is your body is not able to heal itself quickly enough that you are uh, pushing your body too far when it comes to exercise. The way your body works is when you exercise, you are breaking down muscle tissue. You're, you're damaging, literally you're damaging your muscles on a cellular level. And it's okay. You're supposed to do that. That's how you get stronger. Your muscles uh, grow back. They grow back. Repair and grow repair, stronger. Assuming you're feeding them well, assuming you're, you're having good, you know, good nutrition, you're feeding your, your muscles, and over a few days, those muscles can repair. What happens with overtraining is you're pushing your muscles, they're breaking down, and then you're continuing to work those muscles while they're repairing. And it's, and it's I mean, imagine building a house, uh, and while you're halfway done building the house, a bunch of little kids come by and start tearing stuff up. It's a lot easier for them to tear up a building that's only half built. Whereas if you get the building complete, they're not going to be able to get in and tear it up. So if you're breaking down your muscles while they're repairing, uh, your body's going to turn against you. And, and your body's going to say, look, you need to just chill chill out, relax, give me a little bit of time. And we're going to force you to do that uh, by making you feel bad. That's your body talking to you, by the way. I should have adopted a different voice when I did that. This is your that body speaking. <laughs> you need to slow down, Sarah. Um, so yeah, so those are the signs of overtraining. And to me, a sign of overtraining is just not getting any better at what you're doing. That, that could be a, a sign of well, overtraining as well. Not only not getting better, sometimes getting worse. That's yeah. what happened to me. I thought, well, my gosh, I'm doing, working out as hard as I can and I'm getting worse. Things are, you know, so I think that's, and my, and bringing that up in the beginning about, I think sometimes people, when they first get started, they're very ambitious about it which is great you want to have a goal and be focused on that but at the same time you want to be realistic and I think people almost feel like well at least this is the impression I've gotten talking to people okay well I can't break I can't break I've I've been I've been in the gym four days in a row even though I haven't gone for a year but now I've gone four days in a row and I don't feel good and I'm really sore and everything hurts but if I don't go tomorrow then I'm going to break, then I won't go back. And I understand that fear. That's a a realistic fear. But at the same time, you have to realize, yeah, I'm worked out for a year. Trying to go in there and and just train every day at a high intensity level is not realistic. Right. I mean, if you you are not somebody who's used to working out all the time, you go in there and all of a sudden you put in four days – on that fifth day, your body's like, forget this, man, I'm shutting mm-hmm. down. And then you feel terrible and then you don't want to go back because right. you associate that terrible feeling. Whereas you should feel good. 
when you're working out, I mean, that, that's the whole idea is when you, if you're working out properly at the end of the workout, you should be tired, but you should feel good. You mm-hmm. shouldn't feel like you want to die. Right. And the next day you'll probably be sore and probably the next day after that. But a good sore in a way that I did something. I can tell my muscles are, are reacting to it, but I'm not so sore that I can't. You mean like I was the other day? Yeah. <laughs> a few, last week we worked out legs, Sarah and I. And I was doing abductor and abdu- adductor machine, which I never do. And I did them really it's hard. Only the girls that are on there. I know, <laughs> but you need guys still have those muscles. They we still do. need them just it, as it, much as you do. I know. So I'm not arguing that point at all. I think that's good. Just because it looks a little silly to do them, but whatever. So the next day, I was like, "Oh, I'm okay. A little sore here and there." The day after that, I, for real, I couldn't walk. Like I walk, I woke up in the morning and I was walking bow legged like a cowboy. It hurt so bad. And then I had to be on a plane all day and it was just, it, it was really bad. But that wasn't overtraining. That was not training a particular body part and then jumping into it and training. So possibly what I should have done is, is work it a little less and then progressed up instead of just jumping in with a high weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, some consequences of overtraining. Over time, if you continue to overtrain, um, bone damage is, is a big problem. You can, you're not increasing reasonable training will increase your bone density that's been shown lifting weights but uh, continuous if you're a runner uh, and you're overtraining by running too much too fast you can damage your your ankles your heels your knees uh, over time so be careful with the bone damage if your ankles are hurting then you need to stop. You know, if your knees are hurting, you need to do something else. You know, you need to build low go, impact, low impact, go build up those muscles so right. they can handle it. You shouldn't be feeling continuous pain in your joints. That's, a, that's a fact. Yeah. Maybe if you're doing a lot of, if you're training for a marathon or something and you're doing a lot of long runs out on the concrete, do some cross training with something that would be low impact, whether that's the elliptical or, swimming or something like that to kind of ease the all that wear and tear on your on your legs definitely uh if you're losing sleep loss of sleep can be a consequence as we talked about uh insomnia is is a is a uh, a common side effect of overtraining um i've always found though when i overtrained i just i was so tired (laughs) it didn't matter i was just i was out but that's i could see where maybe you especially too might have difficulties staying asleep because your body hurts right and so i have had times where i I fell asleep because i was just so tired but then my legs were aching or something and so i couldn't couldn't stay asleep for women uh, it could disrupt your ovulation this is a huge one here that that you could actually sabotage your own weight loss by overtraining this the way this works is a little bit complicated i don't want to get too complicated on the show but the idea is when your body becomes physically or emotionally stressed, it creates a chemical called cortisol, which is a hormone. It's a stress hormone. And the, the, your body's response to this hormone is to, in, is to store fat. That's what your body does. Now, this, this is something that happens when a woman gets pregnant. There's an increase in cortisol because you need to incubate the baby and the baby needs to be fed so you absorb fat. This is one of the reasons why women gain weight when they're pregnant. It's a simple fact of life. But when you are stressed out, when your body is highly stressed, uh, you begin to gain, you can gain weight. So in this way, you could be sabotaging your own weight loss by overtraining. Mm-hmm. Um, and the effect gets magnified when, you, you know, you skimp on the calories. You're like, well, I'm not, 
you feel like you're gaining weight, so you skimp on the calories, then your body is forced to rely on protein and your muscles for energy. Then you start burning your own muscles, and it's a huge uh, circular problem here. And then it stores the carbs you eat as fat. So be careful of overtraining. It could actually work against you if you're trying to lose weight. Uh, it could weaken your immune system. So if you're working out all the time, and then all of a sudden finding that you're you're getting sinus infections or getting colds all the time or uh, you know the flu on a regular basis, it, it may be that your body is responding to the, the stress. This one is one, an interesting one I found. It said women could lose their curves when they overtrain. This is a very sad thing to me. And let me explain something here. And this is, I think this is a common misconception with women. Just look up surveys. That's all you need to do. Look at the kind of bodies that men are attracted to in general. And this is just not just me, but I'd say men in general. We do not want you to be a skinny like a model in a magazine. I don't. And most guys would agree. We, and I'm speaking for the male gender right now, we are genetically predisposed to appreciate curves. It's in our DNA. We have to because it it goes back to the primordial days. That means that you, if you got some curves, that means you're going to be a good mama, you know? <laughs> so ladies, understand that you could be sabotaging your own physical appearance by overtraining. You lose your curves. You lose some the, the parts of you that make you awesome physically, I guess I'm saying. Um, and then early menopause is a consequence. So what do we do about this, Sarah? Overtraining. How do we, let's say we, you go, yes, that's me. I'm overtraining. What, what's the first thing you need to do? Well, ease back. Okay. I'm not saying, at least what I've done, I didn't just quit and say, okay, I'm going to, I've heard sometimes just take a week off. Yeah. And just take some time off. And But if you're somebody who is overtraining in that respect, somebody that's, been working out for a while and is not one of the, not somebody that just started on new year's resolution. And, but then you probably even have a really hard time taking an entire week off. Mm -hmm. So I would say something, take a few days off. If you can manage, just rest, get plenty of sleep, you know, try to eat as well as you can. That's always, but then maybe try something else, try to vary your routine. So for me, I'm always on, the Stairmaster is my thing. We already discussed this several times. Mm -hmm. So, you know, ease, ease back on the Stairmaster and maybe try something like the bike and just to give the body a little bit of something different to do and um, just take some time off from your normal routine and, and do something different, use some different muscles. But the big thing would be to try to take as much time off as you can, as you realistically can and you know yourself you know if that time off is going to be recoverable in other words for some people like you said if they're just starting out if they take a week off they'll never get back into right. it whereas if you take off a couple of days your body needs to get back in your body needs to recover you, your body needs to rebuild those muscles mm -hmm. and, and you need to get some sleep and you need to you'll be okay if you're like me and you're trying to gain muscle weight it takes eight at least eight days before your body starts before your muscles start atrophying that's and it, usually longer than that but for somebody that's that's trying to gain muscle mass you could you could take a week off if you need if you if you're not if you're not making progress anyway you need to take some time off right 
reorganize your workouts, come up with something new, confuse your muscles a little bit, do something different. Um, and th- this is where things like interval training come in. Interval training is great because it's a short, it's a shorter endurance period of time where you're, you're spending less time, but you're getting good results. Um, and all the articles I've read about overtraining recommend that, that you, that interval training works. And to re- so work that in instead of what you were right. doing. So if you're, if you're normally a distance, if you're normally just running 10 miles a day, then, you know, how about run two miles, but run those two miles with intervals. In other words, run mm-hmm. one minute full speed, one minute, almost a, a slow jog, one minute, full speed, one minute jog and alternate that for half the distance and right. half the time that you would have spent doing that. And, and um, that's that. I agree with that to a point. I'm not sure I haven't read the articles that you're talking about. So, but sometimes to me, it just feels like intervals. If you're doing them right and you're doing them at intensity level, then that's tough. Sometimes harder than running Mm -hmm. six or seven miles, maybe not 10, but so maybe take some time off and then ease in, you know, then start back with interval training as opposed to going straight back to the long distances. Mm-hmm. So if you're used to running 10 miles, take some time off, throw some swimming in there, maybe something, if you have to do something, some cycling, something that's low impact. And then when you start back up, do your intervals half the time with intervals. I mean, that, those intervals are, they're no joke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been times that I have got out there half the time that I normally on this Stairmaster when I throw in intervals and it's, it's a lot harder. Yeah. So, but the overall moral of the story is the idea of no pain, no gain. I don't know. I mean, it it should hurt when you're training. I mean, you should be sore sometimes, but not all the time. You shouldn't be sore all the time. You shouldn't be in pain all the time. You shouldn't be miserable. Well, I think it's something also recognizing the difference between I'm sore from a workout or I'm sore because I'm Injured. Over right, I'm overworking. So it's, a, and I think once you've been there, you know what it feels like. Sure, <laughs> it's like okay, that's very distinctive. I know that it's, you know, so. And if you got a good trainer, they could be helping you on this. They, mm-hmm. you, they, a good trainer should be asking you how you're feeling and and should be gauging your workouts based on that. Uh, I think the diet too, if we have a minute to talk about, just real quick, is really important. If you're training a lot. And you start trying to cut back on the calories or you start trying to cut back on carbs. Oh, I'm doing, trying to lose a little bit of weight, but so I'm upping the intensity or I'm upping the activity, the amount of activity. And now I'm also cutting back on calories. I mean, your body is just, it's so hard on your body. So, you know, maybe instead of cutting back on the calories, improve the quality of the calories that you're eating. So replace carbs that are, just simple carbs, replace them with something good that would still be carbs, but would be something with more nutritional value in it. So that's my nutritional part. No, that's great. It's good (laughs) stuff. All right. Well, tell us about your article that you've got this week. Okay. Well, kind of since we were talking about nutrition, that kind of goes along with that. Um, I think I've mentioned before on some of the past ones that, um, about the food labels. I know we talked uh, one episode about the pyramid versus the plate. Mm-hmm. Where they've now gone to this plate uh, image to kind of help people simplify what, what exactly we need. 
so now it kind of seems that everything's going to the food labels. Now we're we're focusing on the food labels. But anyway, I found this article uh, that was in the Examiner on uh, earlier in this week. I think it was Wednesday. But University of Minnesota did a study. They took uh, about 200 people and kind of simulated a, a grocery shopping experience. But when they showed the different food items, they showed about 60 items. When they showed the, the food items, they split this the screen that they're looking at into three different columns. So they had a picture of the food, a list of the ingredients, and then nutrition facts. So like a nutrition label that you'd normally see. So they asked them after that, after you know, what they looked at to make their choices. And about 30% of people said that they looked at the calories and the fat content of the label. What percent? 30%. 30%. So, but when they said, the thing is, they had basically a, a scanner set up that so they could tell where people were looking at the time, and actually only 9% of them looked at calories and 1% looked at fat. So, either people are thinking they're looking at the labels and they're not, or they're just, I mean, it did say that they they glanced at the labels, but maybe not necessarily at the calories or the fat, but... And I've been reading a lot of other things that talk about where the labels are, you know, on the on the packaging. So if they're in the back, on the corner, sometimes you got to search for it. I know I've seen some before where I'm trying to find out where it is and can't find it. <laughs> so, I mean, that right there is an issue. And obviously, food companies aren't going to want to put it right on the front and under the, especially if it's bad. But <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to soon. I mean, right. that's, that's part of the new new uh, regulations. But that's what they then other. Do you think? Do you think those people that thought that they read the labels might have just read the headlines that are on the front of the package and thought that that was their label? Like for instance, if cereal is big on this, on the on the front it'll say something like a great source of fiber. Mm -hmm. And so I think if if somebody looks at Cheerios and it says a great source of fiber, in their mind they're like, oh, I read the nutritional label but they really yeah, just read the be, headline i mean they have they didn't mention that in the article but that could be it that's you know how they have the check marks and mm -hmm. things that they're trying to make it easier to but that brings up another article that i was looking at talked about uh, i think it was in england that they have kind of like a stoplight type packaging or label so different things that if it's high in fat or if it's high in sugar it might have a, a red as opposed to green, which would be lower in. But the thing with that is it's not all are created equal. <laughs> so you might be rating something that's low fat as a green light and then something, but it's basically got no other good like Diet Coke and basically nothing right. else in it, but it doesn't have any fat and it's low calorie. Twizzlers says is, a low fat food Right, right, exactly. So... So it's kind of difficult on how, how exactly are you going to... I think it just comes down to education. I think we really need to to look at that. What Where are people missing that? I mean, what what is it we need to do to educate? Is it education? Is it just people know what they're supposed to eat and they just don't want to? I understand that. I mean, I, we all deal with that. <laughs> so it, it's it, all these different labeling strategies I mean to me it just comes down to do you know what you're eating and do you know what you're supposed to be eating um, but I'll kind of keep everyone up to date on what I read on the latest stuff for that that's so. good 
Speaking of education, uh, it's time to educate our friends and listeners about how they can communicate with us if they'd like to, and we would love to hear from you. Occasionally, we get uh, some emails here and there. And I do have to give a shout out to Aubrey. Oh, she, Aubrey's listening yeah. uh, this week, yeah, you think? my cousin Aubrey, she actually posted on her Facebook that she gave us a little shout out on her Facebook for oh, the, awesome. the Two Fit site. So thanks. Thank you, Aubrey. <laughs> and thank you, uh, Tim and Tina. We, we, we received an email from them this, this week. They had some good things to say uh, about the site and our new video that's up on uh, the website, which is fitwithb.com slash the number two F-I-T, Two Fit. All that's going to change here soon. But right now, the best way to email us is just uh, two fit at fitwithb.com. That's the letter two F I T at fitwithb.com. Send us an email. Uh, you could also use Sarah at fitwithb.com, S A R A. And uh, you can, if you just want Sarah to get it and not both of us or me. Uh, also, please like us on Facebook. That helps us keep you in the loop as to what's going on with the program and what we're doing uh, as far as some of the new stuff we're going to be adding. Uh, our Facebook account is facebook.com slash fitwithb. That's where we are. You can find us on there. You can see photos. We've got all kinds of stuff on there and as well as the website. You could also go to iTunes and do a search under uh, in the iTunes search on the iTunes store, the letter of the number two FIT. And that will pull up our uh, page in which you can put, give us some stars, give us some love, give us some reviews. That would really be helpful if you could do that. We'd love that. So, But uh, thanks for listening. And uh, as always... This is Brandon Walker. And I'm Sarah Hollyhead. Saying get fit and be well.